0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Our number two of Fantasy Sports today is here. The Phillies have their new manager. We try to manage your way between some quarterbacks in the NFL this week. Is Steph Curry a Hall of Famer? Maybe not, according to Michael Jordan. And we'll talk about some of the players that could have been stars in the NFL. Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two starts now.
1: Fantasy Sports Today.
0: And welcome back. This is hour number two of fantasy sports today, our one o'clock Eastern hour. Craig Mish, as always, along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Sean Glastamacchia is producing our program, and we have full-time fantasy coming your way at the top of the hour with a key day of injury updates on the field on this Thursday. Before we get into some of the news and notes, let me ask you about a trade I was offered, Joe. You tell me if you would do this. Four and three record in a 12-team league where a stupid amount of teams make the playoffs that I just realized yesterday. Eight teams out of 12. Uh, don't ask me wow. why. Yeah, Terrible. Okay. Way. Run by a bunch of baseball players. Go figure that one. Oh, all right, yeah. all right, so eight teams out of 12. And, uh, and I'll be honest, it's the Phillies League, okay? So this is the Philadelphia Phillies Fantasy League, and, and I'm involved in it, okay? That's a nice alliteration. So, so a but... trade offer was made. The owner, we couldn't figure this one out. The owner was two and five and offered a trade to us. Uh, he's a Dalvin Cook owner. But why a two and five team would do this, I'm not sure. But we have to make a decision today. The offer is... Our team gets Latavius Murray and we trade Alexander Madison to this owner. Now, let me walk you through it and you tell me whether or not you think that we should do it. My thought process is this. If I knew that Alvin Kamara was out this week, even one week, Joe, I would do this deal right now. Done. Let me throw Latavius Murray into my flex. And we have Chris Carson. We have Christian McCaffrey. Give me give me Murray in Arizona.
1: You have a great matchup. Murray
0: in the flex for a week. Give me my 15 points. Give me the bye week the following week, and we never play him again. Because guess what? Are we going to play Alexander Madison all season long? I don't know. Now, I guess the opposing owner is thinking, well, you know, as long as I'm four and you know, five, six and seven, I'm getting in the playoffs with, 18, with 12 teams. And if something happens to Cook, I'm backing him up with Madison. I mean, we have that wild card there, and that's the only reason we have him, Joe, is where we're waiting for the wild card to happen, you know, Cook to get hurt. Of course, that's what we're waiting for. But I'm willing to buy a win. I mean, this I I think this could buy us a win with getting Murray in there solo. But here's the problem: the Vikings play tonight, and so you can't make a trade for a player that already played on Thursday night after the game is over. So the other flex options, Joe, would be Josh Gordon, no longer it's not an option. Done. Yeah. Right. So we dropped him, picked up Dorsett. Okay. Immediately when it happened, and this is one of those first yeah. come first grab Dorsett. Okay. Now we have him. Valdez scaling. Oh my gosh! Again, are we going to go down this road with Valdez scaling? Can you can right, we play? Him? We know what he is. Yeah, we know. Right. Or do we make the deal? Have Latavius Murray in our hip pocket, and if camara is out Sunday, play him. Because I got to tell you, Joe, if Camara's playing, we ain't playing Latavius Murray, and it turns out to be a bad trade for us.
1: I'll tell you what. If you go back two weeks ago, even when Alvin Kamara was on the field, Latavius Murray played. I, I'm of the mind right now. That they're, uh, If you're asking me to put a percentage on this, I'm thinking it's more like a 75% chance that Latavius Murray is useful. Now, that's just the word useful. You could even trend all the way up to the concept of Kamara being out and him getting 100% of the volume there. But at the very least, I think he's got goal line upside and touchdown upside. And I think if you're talking about flex spot, that's a huge opportunity with a chance to really put some scoring out there. And if Drew Brees plays, that's also something, too, where you have to consider the the chances of them being even better on offense at home in that dome. So, I will take the shot at the W. I really wow. will. Okay. I, yeah. I will uh, take the shot at the W uh, because you're basically sitting on a lottery ticket of Madison, which is I get, I get it. I understand well, there's why. There's a you good would. point
0: for every. He should be owned in every league. He should be owned in every yeah. league,
1: but I think that it's a very fair deal for everybody involved because they're both just lottery tickets. But I think the chances of you cashing in yours this week are better than 50%. So even if Kamara is playing, how limited is he? Is he going to be the guy who gets goal line work? Eh, Probably not in that situation, especially when they got a buy coming up. They have a real opportunity here, even if Breeze comes back, to go look at it and go, why are we forcing Kamara? You could see a situation just like uh, last week with uh, the Cardinals themselves where DJ is just just an emergency guy. He's not even a guy that's going to contribute. He's just there if things don't go well. And I'll tell you what, they added two more running backs yesterday. That's not a good sign for DJ. Oh Lester yeah, for sure. Right L- 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 let me let me follow up on this because we okay. won't have a chance to because the
0: three o'clock will is usually three o'clock Eastern is when everybody finds out about everything. Um, what if you heard that Kamara practiced in full today? If Kamara practiced in full today, I would hold on to the lottery ticket.
1: Yeah, that's that's my opinion. If he doesn't, then that's two days if he of no practice. And you're yeah, really trending in a good direction yeah. by Thursday. That even even if Kamara was limited, it'll give me pause. But I don't know, man. I just. I feel like even limited means he's going to be limited Sunday, and who's to say they don't have a fair enough lead where you really don't want to press Kamara? anyway? there's so many positives towards Latavius Murray being useful this week than there are negatives. The, the negative would be Kamara came out, he practiced in full, he's awesome, he's ready to go.
0: Right then we're not doing the deal, and you're not then, doing the then deal. Then we're not
1: doing the deal. I don't know if we're there. Like I don't. Well, we'll find out today.
0: We're going to make the decision today. We have to make it before the game. That's the unfortunate part. I would have
1: loved to take this right to Saturday. And, and, and wait I'm to see. serious if DJ gets traded. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I wonder if Arizona is just ready to continue to move on and rebuild this team.
0: Maybe. Not, that would not Can't trade one. him hurt,
1: though, Joe. Can't trade him hurt. No, uh, but he was on, on the field, quote-unquote, last week. Yeah, so.
0: but yeah. I, no trade with a guy hurt. He doesn't play this week. He's not getting dealt. Maybe in the offseason, that's a good point, though. Uh, okay, Uh, Mahomes looks – You know, there were some reports Andy Reid said that he was practicing, could play. I think you and I are in agreement. That's stupidity. <laughs> we shouldn't waste another minute on this. He's not playing Sunday. It's over. It's, it's, it's like <laughs> a, it's like Thielen coming out saying that he should be good, right? Same
1: thing. No, it's, it's me- Why would you do this? Why would no, you – try- yeah. oh, my God. It's reeks of desperation. Why would you ruin – the best asset in football right now by pressing him for an extra week or two. Yeah. I'm, I the, hope is. Is,
0: the division is horrible. They 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 should be able to get in the post the playoffs. I mean, come on, like the, the even AFC with a loss this week to Green it. Bay, if it happens, come on, like right.
1: Seriously. But you're not going to be able to get in the playoffs if he injures something worse. That's and right. That's the thing. You they cannot not win anything win. without him. Yeah. Well, I am of the firm belief that the ankle injury was a problem. And I've talked to enough doctors over the years on all these sports shows here where they always say the same thing. When you have an injury somewhere in the leg, it tends to travel somewhere else to another part of the leg in some fashion because there's a weakness there and the body overcompensates. And sure enough, here we go. We got a weird thing, another freak injury with the leg. So all I know is that this would be absolute madness for them to try to run him out there a week after this just crazy. All right, so that's our uh, quarterback up the airport. Joe uh,
0: mentioned Drew Brees, uh, who looks at least questionable this week. We'll have to see what ends up happening. I'm going to have to make a decision on Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately, and uh, take that right up until Sunday. Uh, interesting story that we're going to get to a little bit later in the show. Uh, Michael Jordan had some interesting comments that we want to talk about. Uh, Jordan talking about Steph Curry and potentially his future, whether or not he will be in the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, real quick, Joe, before we go to the break here, uh, NBA last night. Uh, I don't know. Are, are you? Just from a conceptual point of view, as we open up the second hour of the show, how much NBA are you watching at this point? I got to be honest. I'm watching none, man. Like, and I feel bad to
1: say that and people are going to crush me for it, but it's fine. uh, Look, I was Mr. NBA for most of my childhood. And then I told you from from 1985 to the year 2000, I was a huge NBA guy, maybe in 2002. And then it just kind of started to tail off there. And I'm hoping to get back into it. I told you this is my plan this year. My daughter's getting into basketball. She wants to watch some games. She told me this year, I said, let's do that. That sounds like fun. I like the fact that the talent is more dispersed this year, so it's more intrigue for me. Um, so I'm going to try to watch more. Last year was none. I can tell you that. I will watch the finals on occasion. Like, I'll be flipping around. I'll watch a little bit. But y- even March Madness, like, I'm somebody who will not watch a second of March Madness. That's oh, well, just that's me. different for
0: me. Yeah, no, yeah I know. I, don't, I, don't, I know. Again, you know, like,
1: I get it. I get it. But that's not my bag. But if, you know, I miss tough basketball. And the, right now, there's not a lot of tough basketball out there. All right. We'll uh, take
0: a quick time out on fantasy sports today. When we come back next, there are some teams in, and listen, I'm looking at some of the teams in my league. I'm seeing some 0 and sevens. I'm seeing some one and sixes. And, uh, and especially if you're playing in a dynasty league, we're going to have an interesting dynasty second coming up next. Joe, he's a Pia with you on fantasy
1: sports today. Don't go away.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Well, I like fantasy sports today.
2: And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good.
0: And welcome back. It is fantasy sports today here on the show. Full-time fantasy is coming your way at the top of the hour at two o'clock Eastern. Adam Ronis, Dr. Roto, they got you covered and we'll give you all the injury updates of everything going on in the NFL. The latest on Adrian Peterson, who appears to be ready to go for the Redskins tonight. And they will need him because there's gonna be a lot of running. I think in that game tonight with the Redskins and the Vikings, we both know they love to run those teams. Uh, Well, where's your team right now in fantasy and are you playing in a dynasty league? Are you playing in a redraft league? There's nothing more deflating than at this stage in October, knowing you're done, and let's be honest, if you're 0 and 7 in a fantasy league, you're done. If you're 1 and 6 in a fantasy league, you're done. If you're 2 and 5, this is probably it for you. In most normal fantasy leagues of 12 teams or more, where half half the teams make the playoffs at most, in my wacky Phillies league, eight teams make it. I get it. You can be six and seven and still get in, so I suppose you have hope at two and five. But realistically, Joe, it's it's perhaps start to t- uh, you know start to take a look at some of the players who you may want in dynasty leagues moving
1: forward. Well, yeah, and, and you have to be realistic and see where you are and understand that you can rebuild very quickly in the NFL uh, fantasy football. You can rebuild with some good waiver wire pickups towards the end of the year. You can uh, make some good deals and even next year have a good draft and really make up a lot of ground potentially. So uh, there's a lot of people who like to trade players for picks and all that stuff. And I will always be one of these people who trades picks for players because I uh, give me the known entity over the unknown. Anytime I feel like picks, especially in the dynasty league, can be vastly overrated. Uh, however, I tried to come up, and this was kind of a difficult practice, too, because I guess it's a little bit of value in the eye of the beholder. But at the same time, I was like, okay, what are the top 12 dynasty assets that we could say, for one reason or other, make arguments and go back and forth in this? And maybe you have some different opinions on this, correct? Yeah, I do, for sure. And I'll give you my reasoning as to why these guys in this order. But I'm going to start with Mahomes. Mahomes, despite this recent injury, I still feel like going forward, this is the guy that you can lock in there every week, no matter what format you're playing in. And know that you're going to be a very high floor team with the upside for a guy who's going to win you a week. And the way the NFL is set up, you're in a spot where he is the most protected asset of any of the other guys at the quarterback position. Because it's the quarterback position, those guys are worth a little bit more in Dynasty, no matter what the format, because you know the NFL is protecting them. And that's a positive thing. So I'm going to start with Mahomes as my number one. Let's start with that. Do you take umbrage with that and having him being you know the number one asset in fantasy football? Oh, number 1. Oh man. We know the attrition um, of injuries in running backs. I mean, yeah. let's let's not pretend like, you know, we have Todd Gurley for a year or two. You know, we got Dalvin Cook this year, but where was he the last couple of years? The workload of CMT? I, mean, I, I don't have incredible. a huge
0: problem with it. Uh I I I could I could agree there. Yeah. I I think I that that's fair, but but, but, I, but again, it's it. formatically very important to know. Sure. Uh, you know what what the deal is. I mean, Superflex leagues, he is
1: without a doubt. Uh, I mean, it's not even close. Superflex leagues without a doubt, even in half or full point PPR. I still think every week, even if it's a four touch only, I don't care Mahomes. We have not even seen the best of him yet. I'm, I'm hard, especially now that Andrew Luck is is off the table too. There's not a whole lot of these guys that you're looking at the young quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield certainly didn't put himself into this conversation there. You you know what? You know what the issue I have
0: with, with your list here, honestly, is that if you are, here's what I don't understand. And for people who are listening to the show, they can't see what, what I'm looking at here. And, but here's the issue that I have. How can you have Joe respectfully? Patrick Mahomes is the number one guy and not have Lamar Jackson at two or three. If you have Mahomes at
1: one, Uh, because we've already seen a whole we already seen a MVP season for him. And we've seen a couple of really good games from Lamar Jackson. So I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. At the end of the year, I think I think think, think it is.
0: But I I think that conceptually speaking, without the names, if you have a quarterback this high, you have to have another quarterback that high, too. I do. His name is Deshaun Watson. Though. Yeah, he's but he's, that, that's that's not your second or third or fourth. Well, well again, no, well, you, listen, I, this is just an opinion. And so I, you, you're well, you certainly on. entitled to it. But I, I would personally have Lamar Jackson in my top five. I, if I had Mahomes at one, I would have Lamar Jackson in my top five. But from this point of view, uh, that's perfectly
1: fine. I, I believe, like I said, the point of view for me is you have to have Lamar Jackson as the top 12. But he's had a run of some really good games. What happens as teams continue to? And and the other thing with Lamar Jackson is a dynasty asset. You have to keep in mind, because he is a running quarterback, he has far more exposure to injury. Yep, that's than fair. Yep, that's far fair. more exposure than Patrick Mahomes has, far more than Deshaun Watson has, far more than probably anybody outside of maybe Josh Allen has right now. So the fact that he is more mobile makes him a far, even though it makes him a great asset, it makes him a riskier one. There's no way about that. You can't You can't deny that fact. So that's why I'm not willing to put him top five yet or even top 10 yet. Now, at the end of the year, that might change. I might say, you know what? It's time to just annoy him and put, a, put the crown on him and let's go. But I think we can't do that as good fantasy analysts quite yet. And this is the time where people have to start making moves and acquiring these talents. Barkley, I'm going to put ahead of CMC for now. I'm okay if people want to argue CMC. I'm okay with that. The workload continues to pile up, which is great. But how long can it last? I don't know. I'll take my chances with the body type of Barkley. Do you have a problem with this one? It's not a problem. I just I would have uh, McCaffrey second.
0: Yeah, Okay. Uh, Who would be
1: your. Okay, so you would flip flop those potentially.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't have Barkley third
1: either. Okay, so who would you have third? I would would
0: have have Cook third. Yeah,
1: Okay. Now, how now how do you put Cook? Because again, this is a short sample, seven games, six games of Cook being out of this world. Got to take that shot. shot.
0: It's, It's the same thing as you taking the shot on Barkley. You saw one season. You have number two. Right, but I also saw one season he only played one
1: season where Dalvin Cook's been in the league for three years. Yeah, and Barkley, I got, Dalvin, Barkley
0: got Barkley got hurt in his second season. He's playing on a bad team, potentially on a bad offense. I cannot have him second anymore. I had you know, him going into the almost as many
1: games in his career as Dalvin Cook. I just want to point that out. Yeah, and, 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 and has been hurt as much now. as It turns out. Well, as much no, Dalvin Cook missed an entire season. basically. So I don't want to like put that on him. Listen, but, it, it's subject to opinion. I'm. I have. I well, have a, McCaffrey first second. I am in Dynasty.
0: I have Cook third. Um. And then I would have uh, Barkley fourth at that point. Uh, Elliott has to be in the conversation for consistency. But, you know, Elliott is not having those league winning games, but he's super consistent. So and I
1: this is that. good because you're getting two points of view. You're getting somebody who is less risk adverse like Craig and somebody who's a little bit more risk adverse with your crown jewel pieces that you're going to build around every year. And also where you can find the turnover at positions, too. So keep that in mind. Uh, I'm going to go at number five with Watson. Because I just feel like where he's at in terms of skill set, now the line's playing better. So any concerns you might have, you can kind of put away. Plus, he has a fantastic weapon in Hopkins, what have at six. So they're kind of tied together. I have Dalvin Cook seven. So do you have any problems with Watson and Hopkins kind of in this top 10 territory? Mm,
0: no, I think that's fine. Yeah, okay, I, th- I, think, I think that's, I'm good with
1: that so far. Now, the only reason I have Michael Thomas at eight is because I don't know who the quarterback is for the Saints next year. Maybe it's Drew Brees. Maybe it's not. This injury here, I wonder if we're getting towards the end here. So that's He's
0: safe safe for me.
1: He is very safe. He's still top 10. I just wonder if they do change. And Teddy Bridgewater's been really good, but it's a small sample. So if people want to say, you know, you put Hopkins up at 5 or 6. I I mean, excuse me, uh, Michael Thomas at 5 or 6. I have no qualms with that. This is where, after the 8, that it gets a little dicey for me. So the names that I put on here were Nick Chubb at 9, Josh Jacobs, who I think is trending in that right direction here as the focal point of this Raiders offense going forward. Uh, and I was not concerned with the workload or lack of in college. A lot of people had concerns. He looks great. Uh, so Chubb, hey, he's, Jacobson he's though he's, hurt, he's been hurt a couple weeks now. Well, well, Jacobson, Fournette to me, I think that's your nine, ten, eleven, and then Lamar Jackson is twelve for me. Now, do you have anybody who's not in this twelve that you want to make an argument for that you feel I've overlooked? Um, mm, uh, not really. Uh, you know, I, right I, I wouldn't have. I would have.
0: I don't know that I would have Jacobson, Fournette, but I'm probably. It's just the running back is so thin. That I probably think that
1: I could find a better option, but I probably cannot. <laughs> that's probably- well, here's the thing: it's, it's, it's pretty... even if you pivot to the wide receivers right now, are you ready to anoint Godwin? I'm not. Are no, you? Ready there's to- a guy in the draft that I think will be better
0: than all these guys. But uh, who's that guy? Jerry Judy. I would rather have him than any of these from Alabama. Okay. Well, that's yeah. fair, but again, this is these are not assets you can acquire. And no, it's not. No, so, right. so, Yes, yeah, so, no. It's it's hard. It's hard to do. I'm a little disappointed with Hopkins with the fact that it looks like that and Fuller's never healthy. So I guess that's fine, and he's going to be out a while. But it, it does seem like they're moving away from super targeting this <laughs> uh Hopkins. That's that was disappointing. Michael Thomas is as solid as as anybody could be. It is. Yeah, he he should be the number one receiver off the board in every league. And I'm uh, fine with
1: that. Like I said, I, I'm kind of tying in the whole where are we at with quarterback? Yeah, no, I think that I think, that, I heard think, heard that, I think that it's there's small
0: there's small difference of opinions. Right. Uh Lamar Jackson's ability to run the ball uh, and get a hundred yards every game and rush for fifteen hundred yards is Vickish and Vickish in a dynasty league is number 1 or number 2. And that's if he's Michael Vick, he's number 1 or number 2. So he has to be for me a lot higher. And even with the injury risk and again, Lamar Jackson may be out of the league in 3 years, but for the, this year and next, a guy that's rushing for 100 yards every game in the NFL as a quarterback with the ability to throw is Vic, yeah. is Steve Young,
1: well, is Cunningham and I like to build dynasty teams for three year windows I think that's the most you can get your, your mind around especially because a lot of these leagues will fold after three years sometimes yeah, so that's, that's you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself but let's see if, if Lamar Jackson continues on this path I think you're right I think he goes into the top five so he's yeah, the guy in that has a 12
0: team redraft league right now for next year knowing what you know Lamar Jackson is a first round pick in fantasy he is I mean it's it's, it's what. any so I don't know if he's back end if he's 10, 9, 2 But he's in there. Uh, All right. We got to take a quick time out when we come back. uh, Players who have not lived up to expectations in fantasy over historical uh, purposes. will hit that next on the way.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Full-time fantasy is coming your way at the top of the hour. They'll have the latest around the NFL, some news and notes in terms of injuries. And earlier in the show, we talked about the possibility of of Josh Gordon being done in the NFL and, and look that certainly has to be part of the conversation and unfortunately for Gordon it was a lot of talent that was unfulfilled for really some unfortunate demons and personal stuff for him this year supposedly it's about injuries I'm sure we'll find out a lot more about that over the coming weeks but regardless Gordon's not going to play this week in the NFL there's no doubt about that maybe he ends up with another team in need of wide receiver or another team that's willing to take him on in a reclamation project but Uh, There have been a lot of players over the course of their careers who have gotten off to great starts and then kind of left their promise unfulfilled for one reason or another in fantasy. And in reality, too, Joe, Uh, and, And an interesting list that you've compiled here on the show. Some really unfortunate because of death, some unfortunate because of injury, for sure. And who would you say that overall is the one that sticks out in your mind the most?
1: Well, Terrell Davis was so dominant for that short period of time. He was so dominant that with basically two great seasons he made the Hall of Fame, which I took umbrage with only because at the time when he got in, there were other guys kind of not in. I want to say it was like T.O. was still floating around. Some other guys were still floating around where they should have been in the Hall of Fame, and then that was kind of a little crazy there. So I didn't take umbrage because he wasn't great. He just wasn't great for a very long period of time. But when you watched Terrell Davis, there was no doubt he was the best player in the NFL for those couple of years. And if he had gotten to play for another even three years, I mean, he, that would have been one of these guys. I think we look back on and go, "Man, that's one of the great running backs to ever play." But unfortunately, we just didn't get it. But he has definitely got to be in that conversation, don't you think? And, and did you have a problem with them putting him in the Hall of Fame with such a yeah, short I mean, body of work? A little bit, but the
0: NFL is different. They have they have to put five guys in every year, so the the pool of picking is a lot different when you when it's a mandatory type thing. The the reason what I think about. Honestly, Joe, when I think about Terrell Davis, and I did win a, a championship with him. I don't know if it was year one or year two. It may have been year one that I had him. And then I think I didn't have him the second year. And then I did have him the third year when he got hurt. But when I think of Terrell Davis, honestly, Joe, I think of all the guys that came after him that were awesome. It To me, that started a historic run <laughs> yeah, in the NFL. Landis Gary
1: and uh, yeah. Mike uh,
0: Anderson. Uh,
1: Mike Anderson, yeah. This is the 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 string of great running backs in that yeah, system. You're if you right.
0: remember if you remember uh, even after those guys, uh, Ruben Drones, Quentin Griffin was taken very high in fantasy. And he and he busted out the first week of the season, I believe, on a Monday night against the Raiders, had 150 yards, and then did nothing the rest of the season. But, yeah. But they just kept plugging in running back after running back, and we're missing other guys, by the way. Well, they but didn't win was- any Super Bowls
1: without Terrell Davis either. No, I, but
0: they were all fantasy super. They were fantasy all relevant. fantasy
1: studs. But I oh think gosh, you and I, Alfie know Yards. enough about sports with the eye test, to know the difference of Terrell Davis in a really good system. And yeah, maybe the system helped him be. Maybe he went from very good to great. But the other guys, they took from mediocre to very good. And I think that's 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 the way. I, that's the best way I could say it. Bo Jackson was number two for me. And I often wonder, if, had he just played one sport, what he would be. Um, As miraculous of a baseball player he was, there were some deficits in his game with the strikeouts and other stuff, but I've never seen anybody do some of the things on the field that on a baseball field with Bo Jackson did, but on a football field, if he had just always had full training camp and he had played with a really good team, I often wonder what kind of career we'd look back with Bo Jackson. Before we move
0: on, I want to go back. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, it's all no, right. right. No, I want There's to go back. Guys I, think the, mentions, I think that so. you're underestimating the Denver situation a little bit. I just want to go back to it and ask okay. you without, without looking. Sure. What would you say Olanda's Gary did uh, the year that Terrell Davis played four games, got hurt, and missed the rest of the season? How, uh, many, how many rushing yards and touchdowns would you say Olandis Gary had? So that he
1: year? played 12 games that year? Hmm. Um. I would say he probably had... A thousand yards and six touchdowns. A uh, very close.
0: Landis Gary had eleven 1, fifty nine and seven rushing
1: touchdowns. That's yeah, real good season. Yeah, that is what amazing. The, what were the what were the two Terrell
0: Davis years before that? Two thousand yards, seven uh, That's a lot of yards. <laughs> yeah, but, but Gary only played twelve games. I mean, if Gary yeah, played sixteen Alex, games, he has sixteen hundred yards and and ten touchdowns, fifteen 000. touchdowns. Now, now Terrell Davis in in the, in two thousand played 5 games, okay? And Terrell Davis, you know, obviously got hurt, okay? Mm-hmm. What would you say in 12 games Mike Anderson did that year for Denver? Uh
1: Mike Anderson Same situation. Um
0: 900 yards and 5 touchdowns. Mike Anderson had 1487 and
1: 15 <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> 1487 <laughs> and 15 <laughs> touchdowns, Joe. Here, here's the funny part. Had Terrell Davis not gotten hurt and he just benefited where all these other guys did. We would never even know. Would we would we? never know.
0: My and my pass point pass is, is that Terrell Davis back. was great, but that that was running back factor. Okay,
1: absolutely, one hundred. Hold on. Right
0: let's let, let's continue. Let's continue okay. this conversation. Okay. okay. So uh, so Terrell Davis the following year played in eight games. <laughs>
1: Trying to continue the actual conversation. No, no, no,
0: no, no, Davis. no. He played in eight games. Okay, uh-huh. and then uh, how? I and mean, then what would you guess Mike Anderson did in the seven games that he played? It wasn't as good. Well, it was actually not nearly as good. Ah, uh, uh, six hundred yards and six seventy eight and four touchdowns. And Orlando's Gary okay. had two twenty eight and a touchdown. And I think that there was somebody even the following year.
1: Had he on- not gotten hurt, we would never know this whole Denver running back thing that we always make fun of—the plug and play running back that every year it was a different guy and every year they were fantasy studs. You just just draft whoever the running back is in Denver. And it's kind of funny because had we never known that, I wonder where we would think of Terrell Davis in the Pantheon. If he was oh, able to right. have 15 yard, 1500 yard seasons of 10 and, touchdowns. And, and, and again, there. the
0: zone blocking running back was the first time that we ever uh, saw that. And the year that, how about this one? The when year you say that, zone blocking, that's a nice way of saying the chop blocking offensive exactly, line. Yeah, let's not forget yeah. Okay. Mike, Mike Schler. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so <laughs> the year that Davis retired, do you remember who the running back was that came in after that? I'll tell you. It uh,
1: wasn't Travis Henry yet. We no, it yet. was Clinton Clinton Portis. Oh, Clinton Portis. Well, Clinton Portis was a pretty good running back. Let's stop. Oh, not-
0: but he wasn't as good as as Mike Anderson. He only had fifteen hundred <laughs> yards and fifteen touchdowns, <laughs> running and 15
1: touchdowns <laughs> receiving. <laughs> it was Portis ridiculous, was man. Whoever talent. they put in, wacky but talented for sure. It, rega- regardless. Do you want to do any of these other ones or no? You Not just really. I just want to get in
0: it with, with that. We spent 12 <laughs> minutes on, on Denver running back. Uh, okay, yeah. Bo Jackson for me was was my favorite athlete of all time. Baseball, football. I had never seen anybody do that. and And you're right. I mean, an absolute bleeping shame that he got hurt on that tackle in Cincinnati.
1: And, and uh, incredible that he came back and played Major League Baseball. On an incredible, incredible. Covered That's him in spring training. Don't do. talk enough about is the aftermath that he came back and he played. I don't care how well he played. The man played Major League Baseball with an artificial hand. Yeah. Hip.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did an interview with him for about 30 minutes. Signed a football for me. I have him off. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I actually got to be on a field with him at a FanDuel contest a couple. Yeah. Years ago. I think I remember, I remember that, that, man. Yeah. yeah I remember I got that. To do a home run derby. I got to hit a home run in front of Bo Jackson. That's I awesome. actually went yard once. Uh, dead center field Bo Jackson right behind me that was that was a fun moment I was like wow yeah. uh, <laughs> along the lines of Terrell
0: Davis if you if I, I mean you have him on this list but along along the lines of Terrell Davis the second overall pick in fantasy after Terrell Davis was Jamal Anderson in those same years mm-hmm. uh, they yeah. got to the Super Bowl Jamal Anderson was awesome and then got hurt and boom he was done quick like that yeah. was just you know, I mean, he was quicker than all of them. Like he had that one good year. I think he got hurt the second year in game two and it was a wrap, right? Like his career was yeah, basically
1: it was done. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. A different, different era too. Uh Gail Sayers, obviously, is one that comes to mind. Sterling Sharp was one, too, who was having a brilliant career. He was. Favre. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, you could look and Favre made a lot of other wide receivers useful. You could start to make that same argument, I'm sure, with Sharp. But, you know, Sharp was a pretty talented guy. I, You know, again, the, the eye test tells you it makes good guys, great and the mediocre guy's good. I always feel like that's what good quarterbacks or good offensive lines do. Uh Sean Taylor, another great player. Obviously, a tragedy there. Jerome Brown, another tragedy too. Both guys kind of taken a little, a little too young, obviously, for uh some horrible reasons there. Uh Tony Baselli was a guy too that just a tremendous player. And nobody talks about linemen enough. But Baselli was an incredible talent, and anybody will tell you that. Anybody who went up against him told you that he was the best there was or one of the best there was? For sure. But people don't talk about him, and he's still trying to scratch into the Hall of Fame still, which it's kind of crazy to me. Like I feel like, he, isn't it time to put Tony Vasselli in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he was a great uh, offensive lineman.
0: Um, you know, Priest Holmes had a ten-year career. He didn't do much in Baltimore, and then he went to Kansas City. And that's Joe. why I
1: didn't put him in there because yeah. he did play for a long time. He and then he, he was did. in that Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes. It's the system. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, for sure. Kind of for thing. sure. Uh, Robert Smith was another one who was a very good back who did yes. not last as long as uh, he. Re- he actually retired though. He chose to he retire. Did. Yeah, he did. Barry Sanders retired too. But I yeah. mean. We saw enough. I didn't put Barry Sanders because we saw Hall of Fame Barry Sanders. So uh, Al Toon was another player. Now, I grew up watching a lot of, unfortunately, New York football during the 80s. And I remember Al Toon. And Al Toon was an absolute beast of a wide receiver. This guy was incredible. Ton of concussions. Had they had the concussion protocol back then, I wonder what he would have been. And had he had better quarterback play than Ken O'Brien? Like, I wonder if he played with Joe Montana, what we would think of Al Toon, <laughs> at that point. Um, and there's like other couple guys too for their own, you know, You know, we have some death on here. We have we have injuries. We have uh, also honorable mentions, guys who just couldn't, for whatever reason, get out of their own way. Uh, Ryan Leaf, certainly. What if? It was oh, yeah. like Ryan Leaf mm-hmm. didn't have talent. Uh, Lawrence Phillips, who Dick Vermeil still says was the most talented running back he ever coached. But obviously yeah. he passed away last year i did not realize that did you um found no, dead in his jail cell yeah you know i think i did hear that as there. i was researching this i saw that and i was like oh wow i forgot but lawrence phillips certainly from uh, i mean you am sure you remember him in college but just an incredible talent uh maurice claret now i always wonder about maurice claret was he a college talent that would not have translated to the nfl or do you think differently of that? um Because I get a lot of people. He he was he was a very
0: he was a great high school player, right? That college
1: player too, in high. Yeah,
0: yeah, but but did not uh, fulfill the expectation of him. In, I mean, he did win a championship there. I remember he scored the game winning touchdown. I was there at the Rose Bowl uh, or the Fiesta Bowl. I'm sorry when they beat Miami, but but Joe did not fully. reach those expectations in college like yeah he, he could have even been better but he was a phenomenal high school player he was supposed to be the number one running but he
1: had all kinds of issues off the field stuff like yeah. that. speaking of issues off the field Brian Bosworth another one too who was an absolute monster in college oh, yeah. no doubt he was, Oklahoma he was and then he got ran over by Bo Jackson that was it yeah, that was it that was it never the same after that I'll tell you that was a good 30 for 30 if you haven't seen that one yeah I did see that that was that good. was a really good one he's a very yeah. likable cool guy on the back end oh of- yeah for his life there.
0: He really likable dude. Yep. All right, coming up next Thursday night preview and then we got our exit velocity don't go away. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, and this is Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. And the highly anticipated Thursday night NFL showdown, where if you've been listening to our show since the beginning of the season, a very depressed Joe Pizzapia at the beginning of the year on Thursday nights was literally burning money every week. He couldn't win. And then all of a sudden, he caught fire. He's coming off two weeks in a row of Thursday night wins. A Monday night win. And now we'll see if he can pull off yet another one tonight in the NFL. We've got the Vikings and Redskins. Vikings minus 16, 16 and a half. We'll get a final line on this before we make a decision. The over-under is 42. We're going to go through all the player props as well here. I know you guys wait for that as well. And we'll break them all down for you here on this segment. But, Joe, you are on fire. (laughs) Let's see if you could keep it going. We need the momentum for all the people who are listening. There are millions of dollars at stake based on this one opinion of yours on this Thursday night. In fact, we're going to put the line at 16. I'm seeing 16 flat here. So let's get rid of this minus uh, 16 and a half. We'll put it at 16. And, Joe, uh, let's give uh, an
1: opinion on the game, some game flow here. How do you think it plays out? Uh, I can't help but pick up some uh, patronizing tones in your voice as we're doing this. I just want to point that out there. I, I I pick up your sarcasm. I know you're laying it. You're free. on fire right now. Come on.
0: <laughs> Come on. We Everyone out there is, they're at the betting window. They're oh. listening on the app.
1: They got their they ear, ear right pods there. in. Yeah, usually they just do the opposite of what I say on Thursday so you, were, you were I'm the ultimate fader, long. but now now they love you. They, now they, they love me. Everybody loves me. You. I'm the comeback kid. All
0: right. You got the Monday night, right? You Liking got last Thursday, outright, right? But they will not
1: cover the 16. Wow. A side with the skins plus the 16. Okay. Yeah, I think the Redskins are going to try to make this a dirty game here. They're going to f- try their best to figure out a way to do that. I don't know how, but I think they're going to. And Adam Thielen not being in this game does take another weapon out of there for Kirk Cousins, but Cousins has played very well. I don't know. I just have a hard time with Thursday night football, just generally seeing, you know, it's it's rare that we see enormous scores like we saw two weeks ago. Like that was, you know, one of those yeah. things we see. Wow. Oh, you know, my God, look at the Rams and Seahawks putting up a huge amount of points. So, therefore, just off of that, uh, I don't know. I, I have a lot of faith in Terry McLaurin. I have faith that Case Keenum wants to go in there and, and show a little something, too. So, I don't think this is just like a cakewalk kind of game. So, okay. I, I do think the Vikings will win, but the 16 is too much. So, okay. I, there you go. Lock that up, everybody. All right, there you go. I, I will
0: take the Vikings. Um, Thursday night home teams are just so good in the NFL, and uh, I will so take, take them sixteen two or no. I will lay the sixteen. Yes, I, I will lay, lay the sixteen, 16 okay. tonight with Minnesota. But I, but I do think that you could be right. I, I think it will be a low scoring game. Uh, in fact, just from my perspective, I'm not doing anything on this game at all tonight.
1: <laughs> uh, I, am,
0: I am going over in the Houston SMU game. That will be my play for tonight. Can I use that one instead of this one? I think I will. You but can do
1: whatever you want. What about five points. I'm going
0: over in, in, in that game. Tonight. And, and I'm not a big over guy. This, I would go under in Vikings Redskins tonight. In fact, I may like that more than I like the Vikings would, minus 16. Yeah. All right. So, so then give
1: me your score if
0: you're under. So uh, if you're under, if you're yeah like 15, I, well, what's the score here? I would say that three, two, three. Yeah, Wow. Woof. Redskins didn't 20. score it all last week. I don't know. I don't know well, look, last week,
1: forget last week. last week, you didn't I'm very that, worried no. about their offense, man. Should be. It's not very good, but <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna find a way to go out there and be useful. I hope McLaurin scores, do. but man, McLaurin McLaurin's. I think you got to run him out there. There's no way you can't. He's probably ranked in the. Would you? Know, played, I'm 20.
0: playing Juju over him.
1: Uh, well, Juju has a very good matchup, so it's not terrible. Now, it depends on your faith in Mason Rudolph, which probably could be. <laughs> I'm playing Mason Rudolph in the same league. I have no choice. <laughs> oh
0: man, you are all in. Well, Lamar Jackson is off this week. I got to get a backup.
1: I hear you. I who are hear you, you going to play? play? you going to
0: play uh, Fitzpatrick over him? No.
1: No, but did you uh, – did Waver- Rivers, Rivers at the Bears? Wavers ran in the guillotine and now is free agency. Oh, the
0: guillotine. To- no, that's this is a different league we're talking oh, about. No, but-, but I'm asking you, were you able to pick up Carr? Yes, when he yes, uh,
1: yes, yes. Okay. And who I didn't playing? even cut Flacco. I cut Gordon. Okay, oh, well, there you go. See, look at that. Things working out for you. So now who are the starting quarterbacks this week for you? Is it Allen and Carr? It, or it, it will be Carr and Bridgewater or Carr and Allen. No, what's got? Well, hopefully Bridgewater. So you got some time there to figure that out. Yeah, but I'm 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 out there too on the waiver wire. No, no, he got picked up. He did get picked up. Okay, very good.
0: That's what. yeah, no, I feel very comfortable going into this week and I don't have any guys on bye weeks like a lot of the other teams do. So if I can get through this week, I think I'm in good shape. But look, I keep saying that every week and every week I do well. It is. You so, are you're magic in that league. I mean, listen, even if I get knocked out, we rolled nine weeks of content. Out of this. Hey, <laughs>
1: nine weeks of content fun. off of the Guillotine League. With, it started out with Eli Manning and Casey. Can you imagine
0: that, Eli? I mean, that just, that's a lesson for everybody that shows you no one knows anything about fantasy. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a super flex Guillotine League with money involved. You work for a fantasy sports company, right? I don't know if that's the best thing. To oh, I don't do. care. I, I call it like it is. Think about that. I drafted Eli Manning and Case Keenum in a guillotine super flex league, and I
1: and I beat eight other well, teams. In all fairness, year. I'm just curious. Where are you in points four for the year in that league? Because uh, that that because if this wasn't a guillotine league and you just happen to have some good luck, I don't think it proves Oh, I, I had a you little lead. bit of luck.
0: Oh, for sure. I you had a
1: lot of bit of luck potentially too. I don't know if you're like one of the highest scoring teams. I imagine not. Just because, okay. you know, so maybe as a record team, Sandings. you would probably okay, be two and go. five right now with that team. Here we go, Mish.
0: All right, I have uh, 852 points. Okay. So of the remaining teams teams left, I have
1: more points than one, two, three. Okay, so you're probably a three and four team in in, realistically speaking. Oh, yeah. I got lucky. I got lucky. So you're uh, I alive. Mean, I didn't get lucky. I got I the up next year. I don't know I'm who's running it. I want to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'll be easy. But I'm only 20 points behind uh, somebody else too. So and and again, over a eight week sample, that's like nothing. That's like two, two points. So I am a I mean I am a middle of the road team, without a doubt. And no. having Michael Thomas and drafting him was the key to the whole success of this thing. Because without, without him, I'd be dead. <laughs> And and getting DeAndre Hopkins could end up being really good for me, too. Because I don't think there's anyone that's going to be on the wire that's as good as Hopkins unless I get knocked out. somebody will get him. Okay. Uh, where are we? I have no idea. All right. Okay. Uh the uh the totals here. Cousins pass yards for tonight, Joe. Over under 247 and a half. Uh, I am going to go under. Under two forty seven and a half. Okay. A half. I will <clears throat> I will disagree. I'll go over. Keen Keenum pass yards, two fourteen and a half uh i'm gonna go over garbage yay no running game no ap i'm going under this too cook 90 yards 90 and a half yards this is rushing true? rushing is rushing oh eh. i'm gonna go over on the rushing feels right madison 36 and a half <laughs> under all cook all cook tonight okay yeah do to cook stefan diggs 89 and a half uh, these are all
1: courtesy of FanDuel I need to mention I'm going to go over because just the sheer volume he's going to get a little double digit target so that's probably going to be an over because no feeling okay well obviously you're going over on McLaurin if you have Keenum going over two. yeah oh yeah let's
0: do it over McLaurin he's going to be in the 70s or 80s tonight I think okay 61 and a half is his number mm-hmm uh Trey Quinn. That was the number, name you gave me like weeks ago, but that hasn't worked out. Nope, uh, hasn't worked. uh Quinn receptions three and a half. I haven't even heard his name all year. Has he? I, I know it looks like a stat. sheet says he's played a little bit this year. He's but a That's not terrible no, no. quarterback. Terrible quarterback. Hard to judge him. So, but now I'm going to say under. Yeah, I feel that's right. Under three and a half. Paul Richardson. Man, this guy sometimes scores touchdowns and sometimes gets zeros. Two and a half receptions. Over. Let's yeah, do it. That's a good one, man. Let me star that one.
1: I like it. <laughs> oh, 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 and there it is. Oh, oh, it's got four stars. I gave him like, four out of five stars. Right there, that uh, seems like look a great bet. At you four star in that bad boy. Look out! Two and a half it for, it for, Richardson. for Richardson. He's the number two receiver there. I like it. I'm all in, baby. I told yeah, you. I like he's that. One. a revenge narrative game. He's not going to win, but he's going to be all right. I like Case Keaton. It's a shame that he's terrible, but I do like him. <laughs> I like him. It's a shame. He's terrible.
0: It is, like it's a shame. Him. It is a shame because I do like him. That was I, feel, very I, like I, I feel so. I, I love that play that I won money on the Diggs play that he threw to Diggs where Diggs jumped up in the air. The guy went low and then he ran mm-hmm. for the touchdown. Right. Oh, my gosh. That was an amazing. play. I remember that. Uh, OK, Cook rushing and receiving yards total one, two, three and a half, 123 and a half total yards for Dalvin Cook. Joe, you know what? If I'm going over on the rushing, I have to go over on this one. I, too. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah, you have to, too. All right. So those are the props tonight. I look the Thursday night games, unfortunately, have not been sexy. Um, the night games in the NFL <laughs> have not been. The, the, I take it back the Monday, uh, the, even the Sunday. But most of the primetime games have uh, have not been sexy in the NFL. I mean, we had the Giants and Patriots a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, last week's game, Mahomes got hurt. Uh, Sunday night, Dallas and Philly. I don't know, Joe. Like, I mean, is there anything that they could do about this? No, right? Like, this is just what Outlanding we're stuck Thursday with? night
1: football? <laughs> I mean, is that a... That... A Monday night, too? Uh, well, you know, but... Eh. Look, it's you it's, cannot uh, make a case
0: that Monday night's been good this year, Joe. You
1: no, but also it's you can't you can't always make the case you could predict everything. I mean, look how good of a matchup that Sunday night game looked like on paper a couple just last week. Oh my god, I get Mahomes and Rogers, and now it's Matt Moore and Rogers. So right off the bat, it's got takes an enormous hit there. But you know look, look this, this is just part of scheduling, you know? It's just Pittsburgh and Miami Monday night. Well, that that would have been a turkey, obviously a turkey right away. Like that should have been. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but the reason. Why, <laughs> Thank you. Know you. Why, you know why the reason that one happens? is Please? because the Steelers are a national team. So yeah, but without, what? But how, Miami should never have got a Monday night game. No, Miami shouldn't have got. No, I don't know how that happens. I don't. I don't know how or why. I don't know what the the mindset is there, but it's a complete and utter disaster. So and Thursday. Thursday night, I,
0: You know what? The games on paper were supposed to be good, but the results have been very poor. For the most part, this season, Atlanta Philly was a good game. Seattle and the Rams was a good game. Uh, can I uh, can I go any further? I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, I think that's, I think there's been three sure. good games all year on, at night. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, okay. Before we go, we teased this earlier in the show. Uh, Michael Jordan, best player in the history of all of sports, probably. Uh, interesting interview the other day uh, on Yahoo said that he didn't believe that Steph Curry is a Hall of Famer yet. Now, we know that Jordan has been known to pop off and say some strange things in the past, but, Joe, uh, Steph Curry's a Hall of Famer,
1: right? Like, not even I, I think so. I mean, like three, we just put three championships of basketball, already. but I'm pretty sure he's scoring a lot of points. Well, like, here's the thing. Steph Curry is a Hall of Famer for the era that he's playing in, and you can only judge players on the era they're playing in. And right now, I mean, how do you not say he's not a Hall of Famer? I mean, he's probably the most feared shooter in the game for the last six years or wherever it's been. And, I mean, yeah, would he have been the same player he is back when Jordan played? Of course not. Absolutely not. A guy like that, no way. But the game has just changed, and I don't want to say evolved, I just say changed. It's such a different game where, you know, they just run up the court, they stop at the three-point line, throw up a three, and that's just what it is. And Curry's part of it. it. You know, and that's – unless you're going to stop him. But I I just don't know
0: where that comes from. Like, of all the guys to – like. If I said to you, give me five guys that are playing in the NBA right now that have a chance for the Hall of Fame, Steph Curry
1: is yeah, he's two, probably. one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's LeBron and then you go Steph Curry. That's where you go. Uh, I right. wonder if he's needling him a little bit, like just for fun. I mean, no, he's not a Hall of Famer yet because he hasn't retired. So That's the retired, only reason why. I mean, like, did he say this with a smirk? Did he say this with know. a straight face or? I mean, James Harden
0: is, is going to be in that conversation if he continues to way. Russell Westbrook is in that conversation. Probably, yeah, I
1: mean, look, it's it's a I mean, very different right there. It's a, of course, it's very different, but we're dealing with the here and now. And Jordan. And you deal end. with the here. Well, but I'm also the same guy who thinks all the steroid guys should be in the, like Rafael Palmero should be in the Hall of Fame. Sorry. He's got better numbers than a lot of the other guys who are in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what he took or didn't take if if, if enough people were on them when there's already people who we know were on them who are in the Hall of Fame. What's, yeah, th- this
0: is a wide open show for another day. Maybe our holiday show. <laughs> <laughs> you do want steroids during the holidays yeah, we'll That's up. the best time for it I mean, Alright uh, we got some baseball news <laughs> We got some baseball news To get to and I'll do it next In a little exit velocity don't go away And welcome back to the show. As we end the show today, we've got a couple of new managers being hired in Major League Baseball. That is my topic as we end up here with a little exit velocity.
2: I feel the need, the need for speed.
0: Exit velocity. Nice velocity. Wow, a contrasting day in terms of hiring in Major League Baseball managers. On the one side, you have Joe Girardi dubbed to take over the Philadelphia Phillies. On the other side, the Padres have hired Jace Tingler as their manager. One, a great player in baseball, a great manager with the New York Yankees, and manager of the year with the Florida Marlins. Another with no managing experience whatsoever coming in from player development. So what is this signal in Major League Baseball? Less than half of the managers that are being hired these days will have some experience in some way. And the other half will be guys that GMs and presidents simply want to have because they're in their organization and they believe in them. Is this a good thing for baseball? Well, look, on the one hand, of course, it's good because you're seeing guys like Joe Girardi with a proven track record getting more experience. But is it a good thing that 29 teams across the league with four or five minor league affiliates and bench coaches and managers all across are getting passed up by just a favorite within their own organization? I suppose teams can do whatever they want and they can make decisions that they want, but it certainly isn't a great sign for a young up-and-coming coach or manager to get a gig outside of his organization in the future because if we're simply picking favorites, we're going to see a lot more Jace Tinglers than we are Joe Girardi's. And that'll do it for the show today. Thanks again to John Lop for coming on. For my co host Joe Pizapia and our producer Sean Guastamaki, a full time fantasy is next. I'm Craig Mish. Talk to you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.